Hi, Richie. Hi, Sin. Hi, everyone. And welcome to episode 22 of Locations of Bloodborne. Woo! Hey, Richie. Yes, Sin. Today, we have a very special episode because not only are we going to talk about the stove, but <gasps> we're going to talk to the person who recommended the stove. Oh, so we know whose fault it is. Sorry, guys. It's me, Devin <laughs> Riley. Welcome, Devin. Hello, Devin. Hi, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for doing the stove. <laughs> but, Sin, I have a question before we start. Yes. There's actually two stoves in Bloodborne. One of them is a real stove that is found in Oldiana, and the other is not a stove, but you decided it's a stove. So which one are we doing? Today, we're doing both! Oh, Say what? Devin, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Hi, my name is Devin Riley. I like to do media. I've been doing it for a while. I stream at twitch.tv slash Devin underscore Riley, and it's a hoot. I just, uh, in fact, did a stream where, get this, the PlayStation 4 that I now played Bloodborne on, I found at the side of the road. So I did a stream where I like turned it on and made sure it worked, and it works. You found a PlayStation on the side of the road? Yeah. I was just walking and I found a PlayStation on the side of the road. It's not cursed, is it? <laughs> oh, no. I wrote down on my to-do list, uh, test out cursed PlayStation 4, right, but then right, I crossed yeah. out cursed because I wasn't sure if it was cursed because I hadn't mm -hmm. tested it. But now I know it's definitely cursed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Have you tried sprinkling some holy water on it? Well, that, that can disrupt the thermal paste. <laughs> Have you tried that, Richie? Someone I'm friends with who does not like Dark Souls 2 very much. Um, when I announced I'd finally platinumed it on PS4, she just said, Holy water, then burn it. <laughs> it does leave a taint. It smells like Kingsfield. It's that signature Tanamura smell. <laughs> oh, de Tanamura. It's like ozone and dragons. Stove time. So, do, do we do both stoves together, compare and contrast, or do we do one and then we do the other? How would you compare and contrast two things that have nothing in common, is my question. How would you be such a bully? <laughs> Let's start with the altar. What is the official name of the altar in English? It doesn't have one. What about in Japanese? Also doesn't have one. Could you please describe it? When you fight Yanam Thumerian Queen in Thumaru Ihill, she is fought with this enormous altar in the center of the boss room. It's quite tall. It takes up like it's about two or three times as tall as she is. It's this big mass of candles and it looks very ornate. And when you go into the room, the first time you do it, when she first appears, she is praying to the altar. 
and um, she will then get up and fight you. And the reason it sort of becomes a bit more interesting is that if you do enough root chalices, you can sometimes get a version of that room where the top of the altar is missing. And you see that underneath that big mass of candles and stone and statues, there is a big hunter's mark. And it has all these little candles around it. So, Devin, since you recommended yes. the stove because you love it so much, could you please mm. share your experiences and impressions of the stove with us? Well, I'm ashamed to say I haven't experienced it firsthand myself. Bloodborne is a game I only got to experience for a, like a brief window of time until just recently. And the very last thing I was doing before it was ripped away from me was getting to the bottom of the chalice dungeons. So all I can do is gleam from you guys and from the pictures presented what I can from the stove. So let me ask you, Devin, what possessed you to recommend the stove for this podcast in the first place? I, wa- I was being a bully. You were being a bully. I'm sorry, Devin, Devin, Devin. <laughs> We're not angry, we're just disappointed. (laughs) Hi, Richie here. If you're confused by Sin and I's reaction to Devin's choice of location, it's because Sin has a long, publicly documented, and frankly irrational dislike of what she calls the stove. Indeed, Sin's insistence that this is a stove, rather than an altar, which it clearly is, or a pillar if you look at the internal IDs, is a form of coping mechanism she developed to avoid discussing it. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, surely if the creator of Enemies of Bloodborne, Locations of Bloodborne, and the upcoming Doors of Bloodborne finds an aspect of Bloodborne too tedious to discuss at length, there must be a really, really good reason. There isn't. She just doesn't like it. Back to the podcast. When was the stove built? Um, well, it's at the very bottom of the Chalice Dungeons, and if the bottom of the chalice dungeons is back in time further and further then probably the trick is it, it actually wasn't built in a time the chalices are a dream and uh, time is just a human construct that's good but I still need a year 2015 <laughs> thank you <laughs> I also think uh, 2015 because um, oh, no way. <laughs> the the chalices were quite different initially, and they sort of like hacked them up a bit. And the the whole Queen Yarnum thing looks to have been pretty late. It was originally a different reveal, and there was a different thing at the bottom. So, huh? Yeah, you know, it so, doesn't show. Yeah. Who built it? Queen Yarnum, probably. She's the only one who's in there. So if, you know, Occam's Razor. <laughs> Think she built it or she ordered it to be built? Okay, she got it at Ikea and she had to right. sell it. Honestly, 
that makes a lot of sense if the Thumerians used Ikea, because everything is completely interchangeable in the dungeons. The glyph on the front that shows how many people it takes is like 20 Thumerians and it takes and it's like one of those foldouts yeah. because of how tall they are. Yeah, it's it's they're just getting like flat pack dungeon accessories and they're getting it shipped to them. And that's why the chalices are so repetitive. That's amazing. <laughs> it's all press board. It all makes sense. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like we're really getting somewhere. And to think I thought the stove was not a worthy topic. Maybe it, maybe it takes two stoves. <laughs> it's incredible that Bloodborne's been out almost six years and we're still making discoveries like this. <laughs> if we forget the concept of a stove for a second and imagine that it's an actual altar. Small brain time, yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry, it's just going to take a second. I need to really go to my thought palace. <laughs> Sin, I feel I feel you you assuming this is an altar is a very superficial rating. <laughs> Who do you think built this altar and which materials were used? I think the Thumerians built the altar. I'd say yeah, probably. It's not like clear what the deal with Thumeru Ihill is, because you hear about like it's the capital and they've got a queen, but then she's just in a boss room. She doesn't have like a fancy throne room or anything. I don't know what she does all day. She's bound to, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of tough to do much of anything, right? Yeah, so you get the impression she's just praying at this altar, like, all the time. So for all we know, this is like a snapshot of a terrible moment in history. You could put it in, like, the slideshow or in, like, the family photo album. It's like, memories. (laughs) Me in front of the altar. (laughs) 2015. Do you think the altar was built at the request of the Great Ones, or do you think the Marians decided to build the altar to worship the Great Ones? Well, it could be both. I mean, it could be both. Because it's it's an altar with a hunter's mark on it, which is like a moon presence thing. Is it a moon presence thing, though? Well, it's a moon presence thing now. I think initially it wasn't, and this is what leads to a lot of the confusion with like the way assets work. Where is the stove located? The stove is located in Thumaru Ihill. There are numerous stoves because there's numerous iterations of Thumaru Ihill. Thank you, Richie. Devin, do you have anything to add? I'm just so excited about this bounty of stoves I never even considered. <laughs> Why was it built? As an altar to the Great Ones, which would make sense. What I think I would liken it to is when in the waking world you have Erden Chapel and there's like a big Erden rune at the top that's in the treasure chest. So this is like, I guess it's the same thing. Like that's meant to be some like Erden symbol that's been kept there to worship Erden. This is like a hunter's mark that's kept there to either worship the moon presence or to maybe like the notion of hunters like maybe the queen wants hunters maybe she's like praying for hunters to come it's not clear but we don't even know that she's actually there by choice yeah either so well the, the thing about yarnum's binds her bonds is that like she can break them so they're probably strictly ceremonial or, or just for sure yeah and she's she's incredibly powerful like because they specify thumaru i the capital 
So I think she's just supposed to be there. She may be like under siege, but I think she's just supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. An important aspect to the stove is that sometimes it has a top and sometimes it does not. Do you consider it the stove when it's got the top or only when it doesn't have the top? It's always a stove. Okay. But why is it that sometimes it has a top and sometimes it does not? Ventilation. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you. It may be, because like when you see the hunter's mark, it's got blood all over it and it's got candles around it. And it may even be that like they they raise it up and they perform some blood ritual on it and then place the top on it to like contain it, maybe. It's like shrinky dinks. Yeah. Or like an easy big yeah. oven. It could even be like a place where people were sacrificed on the altar. There might just be a light bulb on the inside of that thing. My first blood boiler. <laughs> Thank you. What's its current purpose? It gets in the way when Yanim is shooting blood at you. <laughs> that does, she prays to it. It's very good for praying it. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Who occupied, utilized it before? Now we're getting into the question of how before and after works in the chalices, because they seem to be like a static point in time. I think you're looking a little too deeply into it right now. I should be objective. (laughs) Hi, Richie here. Sin spent her end-of-year 2020 vacation playing The Outer Worlds and not talking to her boyfriend's family, who she was staying with at the time. Sin wasn't sure how she felt about The Outer Worlds, so her solution was to create a new kind of game review that was completely objective. Sin then decided that I should be involved in her objective review of The Outer Worlds, leading to it degenerating into an argument about epistemology. I'm sure an objective review of Hollow Knight is coming soon. Back to the podcast. Hi, Sin here. I would like to make two small corrections to the note of Richie you just heard. First, I technically spent most of my vacation playing Fallout 76. Second, I did talk to my boyfriend's family during the loading screens. Back to the podcast. So let me ask you another question then. Who occupies, utilizes it now? That would be Queen Yarnum and Murgo. And let's assume a time before Queen Yarnum and Murgo were there. Right. Who occupied it then? Well, they talk about there being, like, there have been a number of Thumerian monarchs, and they say, like, traditionally the monarch was a woman who took a name with classical roots, which suggests that, like, there were a bunch before Yarnum, and we just never met them. So is this an altar to pray at, or is this, like, a weird wedding altar where you marry the Great One or something? 
That's an interesting point because it does talk about like the queens entered into a blood contract with the great ones, and they had a um. That's what the ring of betrothal is that you can use to propose to Annalise. And Yarnum is wearing a ring, not the same ring, but it's presumably like it's another ring of betrothal. Right. So I think like when you say is it an altar to pray or is it a wedding altar, it could be both because like she could be praying at the altar that she is like also using to enter into a contract with whoever Mergo's father is. Right. We don't know what those rights entail mm. for marriage. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. it could simply just be something like a ritual at an altar. Yeah. I mean, it, it involves a wedding dress. We know that. And pregnancy. Yeah, well, they, they, she's wearing, like, a maternity wedding dress, because it's, like, yeah, no, big, yeah. big abdomen. They were definitely that. planning yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. And she's got, like, when you encounter her, she's got this, like, dagger that she's cutting herself with, and her blood is coming out. So there's some sort of blood ritual thing going on. Like, she, she's expecting, like, she's expecting to do something. Like, she's by herself. She's got the dagger. That's very creepy. Hi, Richie here. If you're confused by words like Mergo, Yarnum, and Thumerians, then you can learn all about them on Bloodborne-Wiki.com. Bloodborne-Wiki.com is an ever-evolving repository of everything that is known about Bloodborne, laid out in a neat, concise, and easy-to-navigate form. On the other hand, if you're looking for a much worse resource on Bloodborne, you can use the search feature on this very channel. Just type in the subject you're curious about, hit search, and you'll be rewarded with literally hundreds of videos that are, at best, tangentially related to your question. Some of them are in excess of an hour long. Back to the podcast. And the last question is, if the location has no name, make up a name for it. Well, Sin, what do you think we should call this altar that doesn't have a name? Well, Richie, it already has a name. What? Yeah, it's a stove. I think we're going to have to put a note here explaining why, because I barely remember. Hi, Richie here. We've done a lot of talking about the stove today, and hopefully answered any questions you might have had. But there's one we didn't answer, and that's, why is it called the stove? The answer dates back to the classic podcast, What, Where, Why, Enemies of Bloodborne, Episode 27, Murgo's Attendance. Let's look back on this memorable moment from Sinclair Law History. Or, you know, like, Queen Yarnum is, like, she's, like, cooking chili and he makes something happen and the whole chili just explodes on her beautiful <laughs> wedding dress. Yeah. Her beautiful wedding dress she wears every day. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is when we meet her. It's not blood. It's just, like, chili. <laughs> and that big monolith in the middle, that's just the stove. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it all comes together. You know, it's every bit as funny today as it was eight months ago. Back to the podcast.
So now, let's move on to the second part of the podcast, where we discuss another stove. Yep. Another stove? Oh my god. It's just to the brim. (laughs) How did they jam-pack all these stuff? What hardware is this running on? Was this for PS5? (laughs) Oh, when when you see the pre-release version, all the stoves, they had to cut for performance issues. It's just like... Yeah, I mean, old, old Yarnum being on fire is because that area used to actually just be a giant stove. This is a remnant of that. <laughs> what is the official name of this stove? The stove doesn't have a name, but I will look up what that building is called because I know it does. I think it's called Beast Residence. Um, can I pause it just in the interim? Uh, if that's the stove, this one can be that stove. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> that's beautiful. Because then, because we, then we're not confused. There's the stove, yeah. and we got the stove, and then that stove. Okay, okay, yeah, that's a good idea. And what's the name of the first basement? What? Who's on first? What? It's a, it's a, it's an old vaudevillian routine. I've I've made you this since. I got Sin to do who's on first without knowing what was. <laughs> Oh man, it's like a, a bully resonance. <laughs> like <laughs> you remember to pass bullying. What is the name of that stove in English? It doesn't have a name, but the area it's in is called Crumbling Building. And what is the name of that building in Japanese? I don't know, but I assume it's just the Japanese for crumbling building. It's not a particularly evocative name. Hmm. Could you please describe it? Well, I call it a stove. It's probably more akin to a barbecue. I was calling it a stove because it's kind of like a stove top. It's basically just a fire with some metal stuff over the top that you could cook things on. It's the closest thing we have to a stove in the game. Because uh, there's fireplaces in the game, but they don't have like a little bit of metal on the top. So if you wanted to cook food in Old Yarnum, that's where you'd do it. It's a grill, really. Yeah, it's a grill. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be a, a sort of recessed stove mm. below the ground, and we're just looking at the top that's of it. That's what I was thinking. And it's I a grill thinking, top to a stove. Yeah, yeah, it's like a stove top, like a grill top yeah. or something like that, yeah. It's just got really good ventilation. Yeah. <laughs> you see the way that it's crumbling like that? Ah. <laughs> what do they call this one again? The crumbling building. Just imagine that in the real estate listings. <laughs> <laughs> Where you can have you can have crumbling building or exposed terrace. Those are the two buildings in Old Yarnum. <laughs> oh wait, wait, hang on. I have I have news. Okay. This area does have an official name that is not crum- it's in Crumbling Building, but the official name of this area, are you ready? <gasps> Fireplace Room. <gasps> <gasps> they stole all of the air from the stove theory. They just absolutely axed the possibility. Wait, wait, wait. Maybe it's a mistranslation. That's true. You're right. Because you know what? Fire and place are two different words. (laughs) Maybe somebody flubbed. 
Yeah. I mean, you can have a stove that, like, has fire in it. Wait, I'm gonna show you something. So, you can have a fireplace with a stove in it, and Rich is right. I don't know if Devin knows about this specific contraption. No. It's basically like a fireplace and a stove, and you sleep on top of it. Oh, yeah, that's why it's body length and not because you put bodies in it. Okay, that makes much more sense. I was wondering why it was so long. Yep. That's a really good idea. It actually is. It's efficient. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When was the stove built? 2015. They built a lot of stoves in 2015. It was a big year for stoves. Who built it? Queen Yarnum. <laughs> why not? Why not? Well, that that like the crumbling building is a house. It has like people living in it. This is the thing about the buildings in Old Yarnum, which you don't initially notice if you're just running through. But those are just the houses of the people who turned into beasts, and they're still in the houses. Because they make a point in um, the thing that like it's actually not clear in game but it's in the supplemental material over and over again, that the the beasts with the cowls on are women and the beasts without the cowls are men. So you can actually see, if you go through all the Arnhem, oh, there's all these, like, like couples that, like, lived in these houses together. There's, like, a man and a woman beast, and then, like, oh, God, there's that one that's, like... It's <sighs> so think, sweet to think I, that they sort yeah. of just lost control together. Yeah. Isn't that romantic? Don't you just want to, like, totally, like, lose yourself to the beast scourge with somebody else no there's a bunch of like little tableaus there where you'll see like uh like the corpses with i think no exceptions the corpses you find they're always male corpses there's a bunch where there's a female beast over a male corpse in like a closed room and i'm like oh oh yeah this is like a this is like a couple who one of them turned and killed the other Which materials were used? Well, we can look at it now. There's a metal grating over the top of it, so metal. And there's um, there's wood on the stove, which is still, like, it hasn't been burned up. So I guess they stopped using the stove because the rest of the city is on fire. So it's not really necessary anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems like a little overkill. There's a bunch of explosive urns near the stove. So maybe that was, like, oil for the stove when they were... They may be having a fry-up. <laughs> Make some fried crow. That's good this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> Practically falling off the bone, you can see. Oh. Before you even cook it. <laughs> Where is it located? In the fireplace room of the crumbling building. Also, the fireplace room is like an entire floor. You have crumbling building where there's just like a room with kind of nothing in it and then stairs down to a fireplace. There's a balcony. Like you can sort of see, oh, this would be an alright place to to live. Hmm. Looks like a fancy place. Why was it built? To eat food. What if Queen Yarnum told them to build this one too? And this is a parallel above ground. Yeah, they could have been praying at this one as well, except this is a more modern design of the altar. 
Right. Maybe it's crumbling from use because people still visit it to this day because it's a venerated space. Yeah. Mm. What if we got it all wrong? What if we're not talking about two stoves? Yeah. We're talking about two altars. Okay. Well, we were definitely talking about an altar before and you decided it was a stove. So we seem to have gone round in a But isn't stove. that classic Miyazaki to not only subvert your expectations, but then subvert the subversion? When I saw Elden Ring and I saw all those locations, mm. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> She's going to make us do rooms. She's going to make us do all these things. And... I'm all worried. I can't wait for the giant glowing, like, smoldering head. <laughs> yeah. Places of Elden Ring. I'm really looking. I want to know about that head. Yeah. Yeah. Richie loves that head. I'll love the head if it is what you think it is, and it is a giant smoldering head. <laughs> if it's a regular size smoldering head that was close to the camera, I'm less interested. Oh. I was talking to somebody about how I, I hope it's equipable, and it really is giant. Oh, it's yeah. like, remember those old PlayStation games where you can get, like, big head mode? Big head mode. Do yeah. I? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm going to make an executive decision. What we're talking about right now is an altar. To what? What? What is it an altar to? Well, I'm sorry, Richie, this is not a what section, this is a why section. My apologies. <laughs> you know why they haven't used the stove? Why? Because beasts fear fire. That's why it hasn't been used. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Just imagine them, like, striking a match being terrified and running away and then attempting over and over again with more confidence each time. <laughs> is this why the entirety of Yarnum is cursed? Because no one's been praying at this altar? Because the beasts can't use it properly? Well, they can worship a big strung-up, blood-starved beast. They worship that fine. Yeah, but it's not on fire. You set it on fire. Yeah. So the secret ending of Bloodborne is you have to go to the altar, mm -hmm. you have to light it up, and you have to worship it, and then all the curses will dissipate. Sure. sure. Wait a minute. <laughs> 70 minutes. What if the secret is you equip the hunter's torch and the torch one in each hand and you can light the wood for the secret fourth ending oh my god I don't think this has ever been tried before it's true I'm gonna have to do this let's do the research yeah you th thought you had all the data Richie didn't you thought you were pretty clever <laughs> who occupied utilized it before family who turned into beasts. Aww. And who occupies, utilizes it now? Uh, the female beast patient that just patrols it back and forth. Mm -hmm. If the location has no name, make a name for it in this episode. Well, I think he decided it was an altar. It's an altar. 
It's the altar. The alt, the most important altar in the game. The it's Firelink Shrine. <laughs> it's altar place room. <laughs> you just take you just take fireplace and you just put the altar. In. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so happy we did a double episode because now we know that yeah, what's in the fire. dungeons is a stove yeah. and what's above ground is it's an altar. Like trying. <laughs> trying. There's this symmetry and comparison yeah. between yeah. above and below. And yeah. it's very perfect. Oh, wait a minute. She's wearing the shroud because she's the firekeeper there. <gasps> oh. But she's afraid of fire. Oh. oh. What a tragedy. That's my uh, Dark Souls OC now. It's a firekeeper who's frightened of fire and has to open <laughs> I guess we answered all there is to answer about Bloodborne in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's over. Pack it in, guys. <laughs> Richie, do the outro. That was Locations of Bloodborne episode 22 slash The Snake Covenant episode 233 The Stove slash The Altar <laughs> Which is which? Who can say? Our special guest was Devin Riley. Devin, do you want to tell us again where people can find you? Sure. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Devin underscore Riley. Thank you for coming, Devin. This was super fun. Thanks for having me, you guys. I look forward to the next stoves of, Un- of Elden Ring. <laughs> stoves of Elden Ring! Thank you, Devin. Thank you, Sen. Thank you, Richie. Thank you, Sen. And thanks, everyone, for listening. See y'all next time. Bye. 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 I have returned from the grave so that you may hear these words. I hope you have a good day today. Don't understand this character at all.